ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. All right, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Today on the podcast, I have Ivan, I have my sister-in-law, Kyla, and we have our special guest, Anne, and uh, we had Pastor Gary give us the sermon today, and Anne is Pastor Gary's wife. And What uh, a special guest. I know, it is. <laughs> I feel like we're with a celebrity. Yep. <gasps> oh, my. <laughs> I think somebody else is about to show up because I don't feel that way. <laughs> well, uh, Anne, since uh, we're not as familiar with you and your husband uh, at the church here, can you tell us a little bit about you know where you're from and how long you've been in ministry? Well, that's an interesting question because I, as the older I get and the more changes and transitions in life, I stop and say, who am I and where am I from? Uh-huh. Originally, when we met the Lord and started a faith walk, we were in our home, our home state of Vermont. All the family was there and we came from a, a denomination that was very, um, very big there, Catholic mm-hmm. Church, and mm-hmm. pretty much there wasn't a lot of uh, Protestant churches or mm-hmm. evangelical churches. So when we uh, had a relationship with the Lord, we pretty much were didn't know where to go or how to, to really kick in understanding what was happening to us. But the Lord opened up doors, and we were one of the first ones in our families that moved out and left uh, we left Vermont and settled in um, Chicago, Illinois, or near Chicago in the Burbs. My husband worked in Chicago. And so that was really the beginning of our faith walk because we couldn't rely on friends, family. We had to really lock in and see what God was had in store for us. So that was the beginning of our faith walk in Illinois. And through the several different scenarios in the marketplace and in our own personal family's life, we, we've transitioned a lot. So we're, we're not uncomfortable with moving with God when God tells you to move. Yeah. So you guys have been all over, you know, being able to go into different churches and see different types of situations that come up and everything. Um, does anything come to mind? Well, obviously, Pastor Gary gave us that that God dream, that God given dream that um, you know we we all aspire to to have, and as a church, kind of what we're going through right now with the vision of of the the tomorrow. And so, uh, can you tell tell us being into various churches uh, and seeing those those God given dreams come to fruition, or maybe not? Can you tell us about uh, an example that stuck with you? Well, when we first went to Chicago, uh, we were still in in the Catholic Church, and we actually had become charismatic believers. Mm -hmm. So we were spirit-filled, but still uh, in the Catholic Church and and joining with the charismatic groups. And if I know that the movie that's been on recently with Chuck Smith Mm kind of highlighted the Jesus movement, and that's kind of where we were at. So... To answer your question, Eric, we had no clue what the dream was because we we didn't even know what we were doing. So uh, to say we could dream, we had never experienced anything like that. So it was 
uh, when God led us to do different things and mm-hmm. be involved in different things. So that's when our faith developed, and we could say, wow, we really serve a God nice. that is faithful, that provides, that gives you what you need. Because uh, I'll be honest with you, we needed all the help we could get because we didn't know what we didn't know. Amen. So uh, we we actually felt the call of God on our life. So we pursued, uh, both he and I, credentials with our new denomination. And and we kind of learned the on-the-job training. So that's kind of where we were at. So um, we pastored two churches, not intentionally. We built one, <laughs> and then we took over a failing property and church. And so we saw God's faithfulness through that. And because we can look back and see that no matter what we were going through, God's answers were the best. So I think it's past failures, or uh, I won't—I don't want to use the word failure. I would say it's the, the past silence of God mm-hmm. when he didn't answer the things that we thought we needed mm-hmm. that kind of grew our faith because when the— when it came to fruition, it was much bigger than we could have ever imagined. Amen. And it was uh, that scripture in Ephesians, uh, you know, more than you can imagine or dream. Uh-huh. And that's what God does. Yeah. And so we didn't know what was going on, but the Holy Spirit was working in our hearts and showing us that we have an all-powerful, all-faithful, all um all Forgiving, mm-hmm. yeah, the the great I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's great. Encompasses everything. Yeah, I so that. that's awesome because, yeah, Pastor Gary gave us, you know, a very energetic and, you know, um, message today. And just hearing your background a little bit, it it makes me excited because we we have heard a great message today. And it, it's, it's so interesting to hear kind of how your path has, you know, seen all these different types of churches, all these different types of transitions, like you were saying, and, you know, how, you know, that that's on the job training, you know, you can't really study for that as a, you know, uh, uh, a career path, I guess, but it's, it's one of those things that, you know, that you can hear it, that what you've been through, you can hear the the experience that you've been through. And, and that's definitely a lot of wisdom, I'm sure. So we'll, we'll be asking maybe a little quick, some questions from you. Um, but as we kick it off here, um, we got into, and, and you mentioned it as well, you know, that concept of I am, um, you know, the same God uh, from before and, you know, now and eternal. And so can you, uh, anybody is just uh, throwing out the question of I am that Moses told them uh, who sent him. Uh, what is the significant of that? And did anything come through to you today uh, with his, his message? Oh, my goodness, so much. I mean, I think that the message today, I mean, uh, for me, um, was a good reminder, like it, a good for the direction of the church, but also a good reminder personally, too. Um, so some things that I've, you know, there's a challenge to the church, but also a challenge to yourself personally and like things that I've also been stuck in that, like that number two, you know, mm-hmm. he had the first, second and third. And he's like, most people get stuck in number two where you're scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's me. You know, I, in, I'm, yes, I'm all in. My heart is there. I want to bless others. Oh, but ooh, you want me to do that? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And there's things on my heart that I know that um, I feel like, okay, God could lead you there. 
um, and do some great things in your life, but but there's that fear, and that is mm-hmm. also always stopping. And um, and so yeah, that was a good challenge for me. And whenever he was talking about the I am, um, it right is such a good you know a good I don't know promise that he is everything. So mm-hmm. you don't ha- there is no fear because the one who's there holding you up, he is everything. He is the I am. So that was what really touched for me. Um, the whole message wasn't just the direction of the church, but also how God can use me in the church more but that I keep stopping myself because I'm too scared, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I use your mic just for a second? Just oh, to, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. We're Ivan, having Ivan, technical difficulties is one of the mics. Okay. Um, Ivan's jumping out of the <laughs> My question, because I'm right with mm-hmm. you in that, yeah. And um, and when you when you give your testimony, it sounds like you could superimpose it right into the Bible, and it would just read like the rest of the text. It just sounds like all faith. So my question really is, because um, I'm kind of with, with Kyla on this, is that I totally believe. But what I love about your testimony is you believe, and then boom, you just walked in faith and trusted Him, and. And, and figure it out, you know, kind of failing forward, falling forward, you know, and you know, landing on your face, back at his feet, praying and, and, and getting back up and doing exactly what he called you to do. So um, my question really is, as you saw the faithfulness of God, as you guys were being faithful as, as one in Christ, a marriage, a ministry, um, did it, it keep re-encouraging and, and just strengthening your faith so as the bigger challenges came, you saw his faithfulness. You saw his faithfulness time and time again. Does that get easier as you go? I mean, not easier. <laughs> Tell us I'm sure it does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about easier. Uh, I think I sense the awe of God mm-hmm. more. Uh, and I mentioned that because uh, recently in March to August, we were. Uh, pastoring a church that was in transition, and it was not a good situation. And we respond to those things because we have faith to burn. Uh, even in the churches that we planted, uh, the two churches, that one was a plant, one was a replant, uh, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know. Mm-hmm. So we knew from our former uh, denomination that— um, that suffering is good. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I, I hate to say that, but mm-hmm. that's where we came from. And so the biggest jump for me was to go from a God of fear mm-hmm. to a God of love. Mm-hmm. And a God that uh, doesn't, um, doesn't step on you or judge you, but just unconditional love. So that was a new thing. So when you say, does this come normal? It was like... Uh, no, I'm not worthy. I mean, I can't. Uh, I've never done this. Um, they don't have women in ministry. That's not <laughs> biblical. Uh-huh. That was a big one uh-huh. for me. That was a big one. And so looking back in hindsight, mid-70s, uh, if I had it to do over again, I probably would not want to do it any different because it's the surprise and the awe of God in every situation because I didn't have to go to saints. I didn't have to do laps around a rosary. I didn't have to do penance or anything else. It was just basic unconditional love, and God showed up. We didn't even know it was a God dream. It was like, this is the thing we need to do. 
to save this church or to be in it, you know, make an impact on this uh, community, whatever it was, uh, we just felt like, well, it's a thing to do. And it seems like we're the only ones that are willing to do it right now. So we did. And uh, so it's like more of a, you get more confident in. Well, that's the, a good way to put it. Yeah. The scariness, yeah. the, the uncomfortableness. Yeah. You're just more. Yeah. Well, I think personality has something to do with mm-hmm. it too. Um, I'm a trailblazer. Mm. Um, I, I don't want to say I like chaos, but I'm comfortable <laughs> with chaos mm-hmm. and things that are like bigger than me. So um, when, when God presented opportunities, it was like, oh, this sounds like, yeah, let's do it. And, and whether you know if it's God's, God's dream or my dream is in the end result. <laughs> There's been times we've gone down, you know, rabbit trails and it's like, whoa, that was so not God. And we can tell that because of the fruit that came out of it. Many people stay paralyzed. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, so we never were afraid to try something because the crazy thing is that we came from Vermont, very small New England liberal state that we probably um, uh, I, our, our, our lives would have been very different. So the fact that God opened all kinds of doors because we didn't go looking for it. Um, we never, my husband never applied for a church, obviously, because from our background, that would have been really not something you would do. We never sent, he never sent a resume in anywhere. He never, I mean, it was just all God. Hallelujah. It yeah. was all God. So, yes. Look, now, now, looking back at your, you know, previous lives, careers, before making that transition to ministry, can you point to things that were prior to ministry that you look back and say, you know, these aspects, these uh, these things helped me in ministry, even though I didn't see <laughs> see them as a as a benefit or value. Well, before moving to Chicago, I mean, we did that at 28 years old, so we didn't have a lot of life experience, but we were devout devout Catholics. Uh, Gary even spent a year in a junior seminary before I met him, it was a thing to do, the firstborn in a Catholic family. If it was a, a, a son, you know, many, many people prayed, oh, God, you know, let this happen for, and I'm talking devout Catholics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love for my son to be a priest. Well, he knew he had a call on his life, and the only way we saw that to come to fruition was in answering a call that way. I did not know him then, and uh, he knew he had a call in his life, and he chose to do a junior seminary, which is just a boarding school. Uh, and so that was before I met him. And then uh, a lot of things happened, and he chose the night before he was to go back in his junior year to not go back. And I met him like six weeks later, and we were high school sweethearts and, wow. you know, everything looking back. But your question about is there something, um, we were devout. We followed the letter of the law. We did everything that was told us uh, for all those years. And when our son was born, we, I was 22 years old, we didn't know if he was going to live or die for a whole year. 
It was a very um, medical journal kind of new thing. The only thing they knew about it is the babies did not survive. They were born, uh, stillborn. So here we are, very young, very young in our faith. Um, We hadn't even accepted the Lord yet, but we had a foundational faith, a God of fear. So we had done everything. So when this happened, I was, I had a crisis of, of faith, a crisis of, is God really there? And yes, and so um, I responded in a way of, I was a good Catholic girl, and I loved fun, and I missed a lot of fun following that, <laughs> that letter of the law. Uh-huh. And so uh, my response was, I can never, ever be good enough for God to really bless me or give us favor. And here's my, I went into a deep, dark depression, which totally wasn't me. Um, My husband, on the other hand, being the uh, one who, um, uh, you know, would say, I've done wrong. I've done wrong. I I haven't done it. So he, he ran towards God. God, tell me what I need to do. I ran away from God. God doesn't care. And I was running from God when I ran into him. And both of us at the same time, uh, we, we accepted the Lord at the same time. It was just a God-predicted thing. A bunch of charismatics invited us for around the, the campfire. And if I can encourage anything, it would be, you know, if you see somebody that Things are really not going well, and the broken dreams. Don't be afraid to just do life with them. Just do life with them because it was those people that cared enough about us to say, hey, you want to come hang out with us? We're just going to, you know, we were at a campground, and we said, sure, we'll come hang out with you. And I was running from God, desperate, discouraged, he was running towards God. Uh, we really didn't have answers for our son's condition, although, you know, I allowed him to live as a teenager, so that kind of tells you that it worked out, it, it worked out well. <laughs> but at that point in our life, um, it, was, it was critical for a marriage, for, for every decision we made, and this, this group of people invited us. And they told stories, and they had a guitar. Now we know it was testimonies, uh-huh. and it wasn't a kumbaya thing. It was praise and worship. <laughs> you were at a church service. They we tricked you. Yes. They tricked you with the campfire. Yeah. Yes. Did they and, offer some more too? <laughs> well, let me tell you what. <laughs> and don't be afraid, even if the people you're seeing don't think like you, don't act like you. In that time, our hearts were touched, and they said, if anybody wants to accept the Lord as Savior, and we needed not just a Savior. We needed somebody, hey, you got to do life for us because we're Mm -hmm. not doing it very well. And at that point, both of us together, even though we were going in different directions, put down our Coors beer. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's what I want to say. You know, nobody else had anything to drink around that campfire, but they didn't judge us. Mm-hmm. We put down our chorus beer, we prayed a prayer, and 
our life was changing when we didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And we picked up the beer after because it was very expensive to ship into Vermont. <laughs> well, and to be fair, you were at a campfire. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So, probably wouldn't have brought it had you known. But, uh, at that point, we would have. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's that blind faith. We had mm-hmm. no idea what happened to us or we really didn't know what mm-hmm. surrender meant except for as a Catholic, we knew submission. Yeah. We know, we knew that a higher power, a God had a greater purpose for us. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the great I am at that time, he was our great I am. But as I look at it today, looking back, he's still my great I am mm-hmm. because he's not the I great I was. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. not the great I will be. Mm-hmm. He is the great I am. Mm-hmm. I am everything you need. Perfect. You are two people that um, are genuine in your heart, want to do the right mm-hmm. thing, but haven't had the opportunity. But God's mm-hmm. promise is I will send people to the ends of the earth I will somehow, if you believe me, just step out in faith and be Christ Jesus to somebody today. You never know if that person is going to go home and put a gun to their head. And I know that sounds dramatic, but I have seen these things happen where God has inter- had, had divine intervention to stop horrible things. So... What was your yeah. question? No, that, that, <laughs> that, that, it was a great that, answer. I that don't was know. great. <laughs> I um I love hearing that backstory because mm-hmm. it gives such light on maybe a lot of people that are in this church right now, coming from different backgrounds, different mm-hmm. you know denominations and mm-hmm. and everything, and how sometimes the, those past those you know past stories can be you know looked upon as a curse or you know something I just had to get over, but. This was, you know, something that you can look back on and say, you know, this led to this, led to this. Absolutely. And, and that that was important in your journey and everything. And that resonated with me when um, you said that, you know, you'll, you realize that you'll never be good enough. You know, that was something that, that I personally experienced. And I feel like a lot of people go through where they have that revelation of saying, you know, I've tried these things in the past and I've tried to be good, but then, you know, this thing happened and then this. And so I now know that it's all reliant on, on God, on God. And so just trusting him and realizing that, you know, you will never be good enough. Mm -hmm. And so um, I did also like, you know, your whole, um, story, this is all your legacy, right? Those people, um, interceded in your life, uh, and you around that campfire and your life completely changed, but not only changed your life, but in turn, changed so many other people's lives. I mean, the amount of churches you've touched, uh, generationally, your family is all changed because of it. And um, I think it's a good reminder, you know, we're talking about the vision, right? The vision of the church and where we're going. And this is a prime example of, you know, what what a group of people can do and intercede in someone's life that changes the course of, I mean, thousands of people. I would I would assume you've touched right. hundreds and hundreds of lives um, and churches. So it's like, what can we do in our church now, right? Like this is what it's all talking about. And how, no matter how small, could be just a little campfire, could turn, you know, hundreds and hundreds of lives around and, and change. So when you think you're too small and making your impact, you're really not. And I think that was the real call of today and today's message is, is God is is so big that he can take a couple like this and 
and just, you know, change their whole heart in, in one, one church service, you know? Um, so that's what I heard was just kind of this legacy that, that you're going to continue to leave in people's lives. I mean, the impact that you guys did today with our church, you know, uh, there's so much power in it, but yeah. And, you know, he really got into the significance today of the staff and how, you know, Moses, you know, that's all that he had. And so he looked at it from different angles, which I, I thought was, uh, very key, you know, you know, this was a reminder of the, the, um, the failings of the past, you know, he thought this would be this golden, you know, staff that he would have. And, and, and it wasn't, it was, it was just this, you know, wood staff that he had to, you know, be, uh, lead the sheep of his, uh, what is father-in-law is that? Yeah. His father-in-law's sheep. And so he, he was able to use, you know, what he had. So bringing whatever we have in order to see God's, you know, dream come Mm -hmm. to fruition there. And, you know, he, he kind of told a little bit about, you know, having, having a poverty mentality of how, you know, people can kind of get stuck in that, you know, this, this is all I have. This is what I can see that it's going to be. And, you know, you can only see so far, but, um, you know, when we have that, um, in the church, how, you know, detrimental that can be, what are, I guess, what are examples of poverty mentalities that we can see in the church? You know, when I was thinking of that, I was thinking of, you know, well, you know, there's so many churches around, there's, you know, just another one that popped up, you know, there's only so many people that are in the community. Why would we expand Mm -hmm. here? You know, we just saw a church, you know, on this road, just, just pop up and, you know, they're, they're going to have a lot more. There's only such a finite, um, you know, number of people. Why would we expand, Mm -hmm. you know? And then he talked about, you know, why, why, why would we, why would we change now? It it was good enough for, for when I came to this church, why would, why do we need to change again? Is yeah. there any other examples that you can see can can bring up that are kind of those poverty mentalities or speak to that a little bit? One of the first times we went out um, when we came to the district office. Now, when I say that, I mean it's our denomination's headquarters in Illinois. It's a, It was the denomination that we were in. And he, there's two elected positions, and he was elected to the assistant superintendent position. So this was all new, going from the um, local church to the church or to the um, resource center that that was kind of over 300 churches as a resource. It wasn't that we were running them or anything. So. Um, we had the opportunity of going out to several churches. We had 300 of them. Over 20 years, we've probably been into quite a few uh, close to the top of it. But when we first uh, got there, we were asked to, the pastor asked for us to come and do some services, and they were in the morning and in the evening. And it was, it was like, what is going on <laughs> in this church? It was, yeah, it was one of those like, well, we just, we know why you're not growing. We know why nobody will come in, mm. but do you really want to hear that? So <laughs> we went out to dinner with them after, and we're sitting there and I'm listening to this pastor. And I just looked at him in the eye and I said, how can we pray for you? What is your vision? Mm-hmm. What has God put in your heart? And he put down his fork. He looked like he was really having a gigantic uh, thinking moment. And then he looked at me and very seriously said, I just pray that through this year, one more person, one person will come to the Lord. Well, 
because of the God that I've seen of faithfulness, faithfulness in my life, and I knew how big my God was, I was so upset with him. How can you, <laughs> how can you even think of our mighty God in that capacity? Mm-hmm. So I put down, I slammed down my fork, and I looked at him and said, I cannot agree with you. Mm. on this. My God is bigger. And then I went on a rampage of (laughs) my God, Uh my God, my God. And my poor husband, who is gainfully employed by the, (laughs) Uh is like, oh, I just lost. I wonder if I have a job tomorrow. (laughs) So he went back and told the one uh, that he was a co-laborer with, a superintendent. And that superintendent said, they needed to hear that mm-hmm. and send her out to a lot of other churches. <laughs> because That's I think we, we, if we haven't experienced the greatness of God, if we can't get up and look in the mirror and say, today I am what I am because God is merciful. I am what I am, not because of it, it's, I, it's something that's owed to me. Nobody needs or can even imagine that the way that God has blessed our lives with health and wholeness and families. And, and yes, we have troubles along the way. That's what it's all about. But it's not there to cause failure or shame base. It's there to show how great our God can be. Mm-hmm. If we can get through those things knowing that it's because of God, mm-hmm. then our faith just grows. Yeah. I don't know how else to say that, but it's the faithfulness of God. Yeah. Yeah. And just the example that you gave there, you know, maybe the dream is is so small that it obviously is coming from, you know, human origin rather exactly. rather than God. And so, you know, when we when we put God in that box of our limited understanding and our, um, you know, that scarcity uh, mentality where, you know, we, we don't look at God as this infinite, this eternal thing, um, that's where that trap we can get into. And so um, our dreams, if they don't scare us a little bit, then we should ask the question, is it really just coming from us? Yeah. And so, um, you know. That's our poverty. That's that right. is our poverty reaction. Mm. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Um, so one of the other things he said is, is when your memories of the past mm-hmm. become greater than the dream for the future, complacency takes over. And I think that's a great way to look at it because, you know, we never look at the church as something that's complacent. We always look at it to be extending, growing, you know, our mission, church without out borders and everything. Mm-hmm. It should be something that we are striving to do um, and everything. So I guess did anything else stand out to you um, in the sermon today? I know, Ivan, you've probably got some points over there, but you got your, your mic that's <laughs> know, been cut off. So um, what do you got over there for us, Ivan? <laughs> there was a, a, a ton of things. Um, I just, coming off what you were saying, Ed, I, I feel like a lot of times, um, I, I couldn't say, I wouldn't say, um, I wonder, you know, if if blind faith is the only time we see, it's not that. I think it's, Obviously, it's not blind because he shows us. But I think it's all faith, maybe, is the only time we see. Um, and I think with the, the you know, the, the poverty mentality, I wonder, to me, if it's, you know, the seed of that is pride. You know, when we get in our head and, you know, what about this? What about that? You didn't really have time 
to ask. Just ask him. You know, you said yes, and as you went, you you asked, and in faith, it's all God. It's just a stick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all Him. Um, I mean, it, it alludes to you know when Christ is left up the snake in the desert and mm-hmm. looked to the thing that was killing them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a reason for fear, right? Mm-hmm. But they chose to have faith. They chose obedience, and you just kept saying yes to God over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I think that brings you out of poverty, you know, and then the true riches that you gain is your family, it's this experience, this eternal rewards. You know, you change the community, but you change them forever. Forever they are saved and in his hand. Yeah. yeah. We don't even know how, what, how rich you are, how far from poverty you are until we get there, that, you know, one day. It's, it's awesome. It was like Billy mm-hmm. Graham, I think the story, I'm not sure if, you know, it's even factual, but I think he got saved in a tiny little church, like 10, 15 people. And then the brother went out and changed the world. Hmm. You know, and that pastor yeah. probably thought, oh, now I'm just got a little tiny church of 10 people. You know, what? what I wonder if there I was do? a campfire. What did I do? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Is there a campfire? You, you, I, had yeah. the I don't know. No. I really uh, enjoyed in the message when, um, you know, he kept saying, uh, shout it down, mm-hmm. you know, like shout down the negativity to whatever's saying in your head. And it's funny because I honestly do that whenever, you know, if I have anxiety, I, I talk to myself like, yeah. you're fine. Everything's fine. Like, I'll say it out loud. And it should, if, you know, I do it in those moments, you know, do it in those times where I'm questioning something that God has put into my life. Like, no, like, you know, and really shout it down. Talk to yourself. Talk it down. Um, and then he he finished it up with the one, never run from something God gave you yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. And there. I mean, talk about a bold statement and a convicting statement, you know, like you never run from, from something that God, you know, God gave that to you for you to do. Um, so for me that, oh, talk about like, oh, wow, I heard you. Okay. Okay. I heard you. But uh, that was, I mean, for me, those were the things that, you know, shout down that negativity and and never run from something that God, God has, you know, called you to do and is putting in your life. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if, if you're looking at that and it's, it's too small or if it doesn't scare you a little and, you know, then, mm-hmm. then it is, you know, questioning, is it the right direction that God is calling you? So, um, yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. And then an, another point he made, you know, miracles happen at the intersection between faith and obedience. And so I think that was, um, just put the nail on the head there. Um, but is there any closing thoughts that you want to go ahead and, and share with us, Anne? Well, I will say, as you were talking, I was feeling like there's somebody out there listening to this that is doubting their ability to ever have a life without chaos or um, a happy marriage or is suffering with really um, disappointments, their children, or somebody has to you know, led them into a place where it's dark time. Um, But he made one point that I marked down. The past is never beyond God's ability to restore. Mm -hmm. Our past doesn't, it doesn't determine who we are or what we are. Mm -hmm. We are made in the image of Christ. And I told somebody the other day, uh, that was really hurt because of a very close friend just spewing out to them saying how they were they were not a good influence on their lives and, and they had been very close and 
I responded to that individual and said, okay, if somebody is speaking out of jealousy, they see something in you that think they think that they should be them, or they're speaking out of uh, shame or whatever it is, you don't have to own that because God has made you as you are. Now, I know you can use that as an excuse, too. You know, and I did that. I was a spoiled rat brat. And <laughs> I did that. You know, I did the whole God made me this way. But, you know, at some point you got to realize that uh, God wants you to be uh, a, a representative for his, his, his glory. And so you can't just keep saying, you know, I made this way. But there are people out there right now that God wants to use your life. It might not be in the, the lights and the limelight and the crowds. It may be with somebody in a local grocery store or, you know, as you, as you go about life like Moses did, like David did watching sheep, and God shows up in the middle of that. Mm. And it's when we're doing life, one foot in front of the other, that God's just going to give you this incredible thought of, I wonder what would happen if. Mm. Now, the if times in life is when we have to sit up and take notice because God's about to do something. Mm -hmm. And if we could just, like Samuel did, say, Lord, I'm here. Uh, What is it you want to show me? What is it you want to tell me? You're not going to hear an audible voice, but you might think, oh, I need to go to the grocery store right now for something because God knows that there's somebody in that line that is, is thinking, I don't, I don't even want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. Or it may be you that is thinking, I don't want to be here anymore. And there isn't somebody that's coming into your life and telling you, you know what? I want to remind you that you are awesome, Mm -hmm. that you are called Called doesn't mean that you're going to have to get up and preach. Called means that you're going to just put one step in front of the other because God is a God of of now, as he was in the past, as he is in tomorrow. Today is what makes the difference. So one step in front of the other. So that person, those people out there today that are feeling like they don't have anything to give, You don't need to feel that way. Mm -hmm. God says, I'm coming to seek and to save. When I hear that sound, that word, it tells me I don't need to go seeking to be saved. I need to just be who I am. We get so caught up in the doing, and God wants us to be in the being. Mm -hmm. So just be your your best you today. And don't look at somebody else and say, I wish I would be like them. I know that um, there are many people I've seen that, I, oh, God, I would love to be able to preach like that. But, you know, I don't have their message. I don't have their anointing. And so for those people today that are discouraged, feel like they can never be something to glorify God, all you got to be is yourself. Mm. Be yourself. Be who you are. And get around people that aren't negative. Mm -hmm. Get around those faith-based people that can say, you know what, you're going to be okay. I can see this gift in in you. 
it's just not come to it's just not come to fruition yet. So uh, just being who we are and being faithful to God's every day, one foot in front of the other, mm-hmm. being Christ's hands extended, the cup of cold water, whatever it is. And that's that's a great commission. Awesome. That's a great commission. Love it. Thank you. Wow. Amen. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, Anne and uh, Pastor Gary for giving the mm-hmm. message today. Yes. We uh, definitely appreciate it. And um, we, we love you guys. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. <laughs>